You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Riffsters. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go to the 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about retcon. Nathan, what is retconning? It's, it's the skillful art of making it seem like you knew what you were doing the entire time. Oh, how do you do that? By lying a lot. <laughs> uh, joking aside, do you actually know what retcon stands for? No, actually, no. Yeah, so it's retroactive continuity. Right. So just changing the past. So in D&D, and honestly, most forms of storytelling, this is a potentially very, very powerful tool in the toolbox, but also one that should be used with great caution. So, uh, Nathan, I'm going to go ahead and just let you take the lead on this one. Okay, so talking about retcon, here's um, an example. So, let's say you have a certain plan for your thing, and um, let's say those things change, and certain things happen that means that your original ideas can't work. But you've already laid groundwork somewhere, and um, your players are seeing the things, and they're like, hey, um, why is this like this? Or why are certain things the way they are? Now, what you could do is be like, yeah, um, things are just as they are. Or what you can do, which is way more fun, is to draw false, like, like false um, connections that in this case would be <laughs> true to, to your original plans. So let's say, for example, you um, have, I don't know, like a character run into someone or something earlier on or something happens. And then later you reveal, oh yeah, that thing um, resulted in uh, yeah uh, this thing happening, which means which it's why the the, the guy is chasing you. Mm, yes, when when it's more like um, I had no no plans, and uh, I, I thought he'd be be a good good guy to um, send against you. So that's not really a retcon, Nathan. No, it's not. That's just okay. lying about planning. Uh, that, that that then I'm I'm very bad at retconning, guys. I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good liar. I apologize. Um, 
<laughs> take it away. <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. No. In all seriousness, though, so to take advantage of retroactive continuity, it's where you're changing either facts or even rules in your game. So honestly, the most common version of this that I myself have taken advantage of is what do you do when a new book comes out? So when there's a new D&D book, you suddenly have a new class in the world. You might have a bunch of new subclasses, new rules, new magic items. How do you deal with that kind of stuff? So, Nathan, like when there are just suddenly new classes and subclasses, like how do you write that into your world? Always has been. Yeah. And that is a retcon to just have something to just be declared oh yeah that has always been the case even though obviously factually it wasn't but you're just just making the declaration that it is so and this is something that can be as big or small in world as you want it to be so you can have just an absolutely tiny retcon of just like you know, you're describing an NPC and the player's just like, wait, didn't you describe them as having blonde hair last time? And you may not remember or even really care. And well, they have brown hair. And whether that's just because, you know, your players are fucking with your poor memory, whether that is just that you described it wrong either last time or this time, it doesn't really matter. And that is just probably like the smallest form of retcon, where it's just a small descriptive detail that you just, you know, retroactively declare it to possibly be something different than you originally did. But when you do make the larger retcons, that is where more thought ought to be put into the situation. So if you do have the new book. So, for example, when Eberron first came out, the book uh, for 5e, that is, then the Artificer was introduced as the first new class for 5th edition D&D. So a lot of Dungeon Masters suddenly need to like plan, okay, so Artificers exist in D&D. So then first you need to just make the choice. Do you want to introduce the new material into your world? And then how do you do so? So in that respect, I personally just was lucky because I always just had there be just magical craftsmen that just are the ones who do make potions and magic items and stuff. So when that came up, then, OK, it was easy enough for me to just say, OK, so instead of having to worry about, OK, this one is a wizard, this one's a you know cleric or warlock who does stuff, then there were only a handful of NPCs, none of whom my characters had actually met at the moment. So it was just a background retcon to just change those characters' classes to have been artificers and then to take advantage right. of the abilities the artificer has for their craft. So it changed nothing at all from my character's perspective in any way that they you know, had or would have seen. Remy. It just was for my own records. Yes? Remy, I just realized something. Uh, in, what? in order to retcon something, you kind of need to have, have had a plan for the person's class before the case. So, like, technically uh -huh. speaking, all rune workers are artificers. However, they weren't really class before that. <laughs> 
that very well may be so yeah so it could absolutely be a riftwake retcon that all of the rune workers are artificers probably with modifying rules but, but we'll get to on that the other, in the well, future no it for you personally that's not going to matter because you don't stat out npcs unless you need to yeah but and, someday someone's gonna gonna do the rune worker thing i hope well, probably me yeah, that'll be cool. Anyways, <laughs> we can talk about that later. But uh, anyway, that actually is honestly a question that you should ask. First of all, is just how much do you need to do to incorporate things in your game? Like how much changing is actually needed retroactively? So how many on screen things have your player characters seen? So do they run into an NPC and then you realize later, oh, wait, like I statted them wrong and then you fix it to be a correct class? Or honestly, technically, it would be a retcon to just have an NPC and then just make their character sheet later because they just might not be a statted character that needed to roll anything at the time that you introduce them but maybe your player characters just take a liking to a certain npc and then oh okay i guess they're going to be a more prominent character so i might need to know you know what is their persuasion what is you know their weapon of choice and then to just figure that out after the fact so you are retconning their statistics and abilities on a character sheet so that's mechanical retconning so what about retconning in terms of plot yeah that's something that again gets potentially complicated so even in game like not thinking mechanically speaking there is also just the scale to think about like how big or small a thing may need a change so the smallest version would be the obvious like oh wait i forgot about a thing or like oh that's right i have this spell on but i forgot to calculate my mage armor for my character's ac so that you know hit should have missed like oops and then it's like generally at mechanical the table. stuff is 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 always generally for me it's always been yeah. we skip past and pretend that that and we'll we'll fix we'll do it correctly in the future but keep the old thing so it's yeah and that honestly is something that is just worth consideration is do you want to take the time to just fix errors or is it the kind of thing of like oh like the character themselves just had a moment of distraction or panic and you know a hit got through that ought have missed them if they you know were fully cognizant of the situation like you can just make errors be canonical or to just take the time to fix the math. And it is always just up to you about which is just your DMing style of which to do in that situation. Then, however, there's bigger things. So there are times where there are just potentially just really important fuck ups. Like there might be times where like, let's just say that like the party is just charging down a tunnel and they just are not fucking understanding that the tunnel is trapped. They know it's trapped. You've told them it's trapped. They've triggered a number of traps, but they keep fucking running and don't just stop or plan or do anything else. There is going to be times like that where, you know, OK, it's going to be a TPK and just everyone's going to die if they just keep going here but they won't fucking do something different because they're all fucking morons 
<laughs> hint, hint. Listen to the Riftwake Christmas episode. <laughs> but when that kind of situation can happen, like, yeah, me being me, I have a plan of, okay, there's this many traps. This has this, this has that, this has that. But there might be the situation where for the sake of storytelling, you might just throw up your hands and say, fuck it. That's just not how this is supposed to go. And that in the interest of storytelling and just, you know, happiness and well-being at the table, that you just change what is there. Like, it might be the situation of like, okay, maybe there aren't quite as many traps or maybe, you know, they the choice is made to not trigger them to start a more diplomatic situation, hopefully. Or, you know, for just a separate example, maybe it's a situation of like, oh, wow, those bad guys, like these guys went down way too easy. You know, here comes wave two. And that may not have been right. part of the original plan or maybe like a, something's going bad. So maybe like reinforcements are able to arrive somehow. Like you can make choices to totally change the way that a game works. Right. So what, what I want to add to this is that, um, OK, there's, there's something I do sometimes, which is basically keeping my finger on the pulse, which means that as a dungeon master, the goal is not exactly for you to have your players have a fair fight 100%. What you want is an interesting fight that they enjoy. So what this can mean is that um, when you are creating an, an, an encounter and uh, during the encounter when you're realizing either they're finding it difficult or finding it too easy, um, don't be afraid to change certain things, right? Because it's it's not cheating. It's uh, it's called on on the, on while you're, while you're doing it, it's just balancing, <laughs> balancing, uh -huh. you know? It's, it's balancing. So, But to cancel yeah, that, though... Oh, sorry, you can give your example first. For, for one such example, if you look at the Terraton 2020 uh, episode on Riftwake, originally we had plans for um, perhaps a couple more enemies, but I realized, you know, they're, they're struggling <laughs> as is. Maybe uh -huh. let's not, not cut today's uh, <laughs> game short. Yeah. So to contrast that, however, what are some of the potential risks of retconning? Well, people don't feel like anything matters. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that's one of the big ones, because your players should be able to trust you. And whether that is that you have a plan or that a fight will be fair. Again, this is the kind of thing that's just about how your DM style works, because it is entirely possible for you know different dms or just the same dm just in different campaigns may be running for a different style so as an example like we have an actual play podcast Riftwake. so if we have a situation where a player does something really really dumb and doesn't stop then in a home game that may just end up forcing the individual to just take their lumps and the character might die because they're fucking stupid. But if it is for a recorded medium, then it may not be the best of storytelling for it to just be rocks fall, everyone dies because you headbutt a rock wall. Like maybe it exactly. is the kind of thing where... You know, you do want to just allow it to be the situation of, OK, like you can be a little bit more lenient in that situation for the sake of good storytelling, if it is appropriate for the style and medium in which you are playing. Exactly. 
And one other aspect of this that's very important is that, yes, you as a DM have absolute authority to make decisions. However, you don't have to make this decision in a void. You have the option to just give options to your players. You can just tell them, like, look, I'm going to be honest, guys, that was not the right thing to do. I'll give you the choice. Do you want to go with this? And I'll just warn you, you have worsened your odds in this next encounter. Or do you want to just, you know, rewind 10 minutes and take a left instead of a right? Like you can just give your players the option to just kind of fix a even, you know, large or small error to just give them choice because giving player choice is just my personal just so, strong belief in dm style one okay when i talk generally when i'm talking about retconning and um stuff like that it doesn't isn't actually retconning to be honest it's often me uh changing plans on the fly so mm -hmm. yeah because uh that's that's more of what i do because uh one my my tactic when when dming is essentially go by phil as to what is the most interesting so when i hear a player character say something and maybe the story was supposed to go like x like a b c d and then i i'm like okay i can use what they just said so it could be something that maybe they're making a guess as to what the thing is so that way i can directly defy expectations meet expectations and do something funny or i can just like it's just a thing that i can use right and very often by using the players reactions and going by feel sometimes uh, you can create an experience for your players that is a lot more satisfying indeed so moving on to the next kind of style of or type rather of retcon and honestly this is another of the just really really common ones that i've seen which is retconning for the sake of balance, particularly with the case of something like a homebrew magic item. Nathan, I know you have quite a lot of experience by now in this area, so you want to go on? Have you ever had one of those moments where you've given a player something really cool and then you realize <laughs> that it's too cool? And th that means, you know, the pain of having given a player a, pow a powerful weapon that's too powerful for the player. Remember, kids, y y power responsibility thing. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, what do you do if you've given a player something too powerful? So in my case, do, but yes, in my case, um, basically, you use prior details that that were given. No, actually, details that were not mentioned and add on to it like a like an aside thing. Like, oh yeah, by the way, um, uh, it, it only lasts for uh, another week or two. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and essentially, by adding on, it's, it's an additive thing. Uh, by adding on stipulations, you can create a situation where you can be like, okay, it's only going to last this long. But if you want to let make it last longer, it's going to be less OP. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, just magic items in general have so much potential for abuse. So 5th edition is just rather carefully balanced in general between, you know, spells and abilities and just all of the things. So having the right or wrong magic item can really, really just change the entirety of how a game works. 
So a magic weapon is definitely the most obvious. So there is a common disagreement in the power balance of honestly all editions of D&D because the balance of like hit points and damage is a very precarious thing. So how many hits does it take to bring someone down? So when you do start introducing a homebrew magic item that might be doing a significant amount more damage, then suddenly you have an individual who might be much more capable than potentially everyone else in the party or even everyone else in the world, depending on exactly how far you go with that type of thing. So to plan out, how do you introduce powerful magic items and how do you unintroduce them if things do not go according to plan are both very important lessons for a dungeon master to learn and hopefully prepare for before they become an issue. To have some idea of how to take something out of the game before something becomes a problem is just another of those just DM thought experiments that I highly recommend to just keep in mind. I fuck up. Nathan fucks up. You're probably going to fuck up at some point or other. So before that happens to just have a plan can make your life much easier when such a situation occurs. Remember, it's not a fuck up if you don't admit it. No, Nathan, no. Don't give bad <laughs> advice. Stop it. Bad Nathan. <laughs> like, joking aside, though, he's kind of right. I just don't like that fact. But <laughs> it is another separate DM skill. The ability to just roll with the punches and just make it look like you know what you're doing is also a separate skill. But if mm. you can plan out preventing a problem ahead of time so that you don't need to use that skill, that's preferable. But it is another valuable tool in the box. Right. Or you can be like me, where your players know that you know exactly nothing of what you're doing, but you're still somehow doing it anyways. Yeah. And again, it's just players trusting in the DM. Uh, typically speaking, it, we usually think about you trust that the DM knows what they're doing. That is not the case with us, that and that's know. okay. <laughs> we know that Nathan doesn't know what he's doing. We trust in Nathan to just tell a fun story that we will enjoy. That is where the trust comes in. It doesn't have to be trust in the rules, because as Nathan has proved over a year plus of DMing at this point, you don't really need to know what you're doing if everyone does just trust that <laughs> the story will be fun and just trust that whatever happens should be fun that's good enough exactly as, as the dm who knows none of the rules i can say <laughs> doesn't read the true. books doesn't even try to <laughs> and that's okay you have me for the rules if you ever actually wanted to know them <laughs> that's what Remember, i'm guys, buy your pet buy your pet remy at the merch store <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, could we just get like a chia pet that grows a, like a leafy beard? That would be awesome. <laughs> but anyway, uh, going back to the whole idea of just thinking about how to take out magic items. So thinking about that, there are a number of ways to actually do that. Number one is to just be blunt with your player and to just say, hey, I fucked that up. That is too powerful a thing. You shouldn't be able to do, you know, 3d10 plus 20 every single attack with two attacks per turn with another one as a bonus action. Like that's 
I fucked that up. It shouldn't be that excessive. You shouldn't have just been able to, you know, pick up that, you know, giant's great sword or giant's long sword and be able to just swing that around. That's that I shouldn't have done that. And whether the player is okay with that or not can vary. And that just goes back to kind of communication and just the kind of environment that you've just fostered. But in theory, a player will hopefully be pretty reasonable about that and just like, yeah, okay, it was fun while it lasted. But yeah, that's a just ridiculous thing to just swing around a 15 foot long sword. But you could also have the situation of like, you know, yeah, your character has been, you know, trying to swing around this monstrosity of a weapon that they just picked up. But like, yeah, you were able to swing it for the last you know couple of sessions. But now your character is starting to develop develop back problems because it's really just too fucking heavy to really swing around for any period of time. So if you want to just have a thing where like your character's maximum hit points start decreasing from this just like escalating health problem of carrying this damn thing, you know, or like as a kind of compromise situation, we'll just like find a magic user who will just cast like a permanent reduce on the sword, you know, from the enlarge reduce spell. And then, you know, you have the sword, but it's not just quite as stupidly broken as it was before. We just kind of fudge the numbers a bit to make it a more normal, cool, unique weapon. And then even potentially even just, to, you know, as a throw my bone, just like, you know, here's what we can do. Like, if you want to, like once you will have the option to remove that reduced spell. Like if you do just want to drop like a giant sword on someone or something from very, very tall, I will allow you to do that once at some point in the future. And then that creates a really interesting literal sword of Damocles in your game of just like, when is the player going to choose to use it? They only get to do it once and then they'd have to get the sword shrunk again. And then it creates a kind of win win. You are introducing something by giving them that restriction. And then that creates a much better win win kind of situation of, OK, you're balancing the numbers and you're giving a player a new choice. You also do have the option, of course, to simply just tell the player, like, this is not okay, I'm changing it, and that is that. And you might not even bother with an explanation, you might not actually do anything for your player. I'm not fond of that because, again, you're taking away player choice without giving them anything in return. So, again, I'm not quite as fond as an op of that as an option, but it is indeed an option that you would have. So, all that being said, retcons are a situation that may be necessary in a game, whether that is either adding new material that might have been released, or whether it is just removing something that may have been a mistake, or just changing the facts to just suit the situation that you're trying to arrange. It is something that is going to come up for you at some point in time and thinking about it in advance about how you might make best use of it can make it a very helpful tool available to you to just make the game run more smoothly. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. 
Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riffwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.